Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impact's pre-owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impact's pre-owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and impactspreowned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Saturday, September 21st. That's good radio there to move the microphone while it's live. Yeah. <laughs> good morning, Ronnie. Good morning. Welcome back. Yeah, had, had I was tied up last Saturday. But you got loose for I this week. I finally got loose. Oh, that's good. I want to say right off the bat that uh, I was just telling Ronnie, I, I waited till the last five minutes of the show to announce that he wasn't here. So uh, I'll announce right off the bat that Greg didn't make it this morning, but he's got us a good guest at 11 o'clock, which is Wally Dallenbach Jr. And is going to be calling us from the Gulf of Mexico. Is that where he is? I thought it was. Yeah. Well, it could be Florida. Yeah. They're on, on the Gulf side, supposed to be out deep sea fishing. All right. Well, that's good. Hope, uh hope we get some good uh, reception or uh, connection. So... um before what Greg was telling me, I think he doesn't go out till about 12 or something. So I think, I think we'll so. be all right. And, uh, yeah, Greg couldn't make it this morning. He called in at the last minute, but he did have us a good guest lined up by Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, forgot Lanny altogether last week. Lanny, Oops. Lanny does a great job. He uh, maintains the Budmore Engineering website and the uh, uh, our Facebook page and backs us up when we... We get to push a button, which I just did. <laughs> you got us recording. Well, I do now. <laughs> so I might be dropping by there for a minute, uh, um, Lanny. Sorry. So that's what he does. He uh, takes care of us and covers our back when we do screw-ups like I just did. And good morning, Alan. Good morning, Perry. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, not much local stuff went on last week except... Uh, Stuff falling out of the sky called rain. I don't and, remember it being that rainy, but I suppose it was. Uh, we have these showers coming in and out. So uh, as far as uh, local results, haven't got too many. But uh, I'm going to give you a full field of what's going on tonight. And uh, got a lot of good racing going on. All right. You going to be involved in any of it? No. Oh, okay. No. Well, <laughs> we got a lot of racing to talk about because I tell you what, that... Uh, Indianapolis, my theory is, if you know about the uh, the curbing coming up there in the, with about, what, 10 or 20 laps to go in the, in the cup race, it just, it just wore out. You know, they had, to, they had some practice, not much, but they had an Indy car race, and then they had an Xfinity race, and then they had the cup cars, and it was, I think it was just too much for those uh, curbings. Well, that one curbing that they were having so much trouble with and it, it, they showed that little a small piece of debris stuck to it yeah and then when they pulled it out it like it was a whole dang splitter yeah it was slid way up under there but if you look at it, 
the splinter was in there backwards. Yeah. The lip was on the outside. The other piece that usually hooks back there where your motor mounts and stuff are was actually looked like it was turned around and was in there backwards somehow or another, but I hadn't figured that out yet. But uh, <laughs> but whenever they did pull the curbing up after the bad deal that went on there, and uh, we can't blame NASCAR. This is part of the racetrack's responsibility yeah. there. I mean, that's... Uh, but then... To leave the other curb down. I, I couldn't believe that. And I was texting with Alan. I, I, yeah. I was saying, I can't believe they're going to leave that thing out there. Yeah. And you've seen what it done oh, yeah. to the Bush cars. They had, and, yeah. and, and the Indy type car that run across at that yeah. time. And I mean, uh, and you had to throw a, I had to throw a shout out. I told you, I said, coolest move, even though he got a penalty, was Bubba Wallace. He said, I ain't going to make it. Well, I'm just going to hang a hard right. And, he went out through the grass. And, and saved the race car. Because if you hit it, you, you tore a race car up. Well, it started, I guess, other than the one in the Indy car race where the, I think that was uh, McLaughlin who was hit it and just got a little airborne, kind of spectacular. Yeah. But when they started the Xfinity race, they had that, that the, extra the, the curb on the left-hand side yeah. you know, of the S, the last part of the S's. They had that orange one out there that was just like a roadblock, like, don't go here. Yeah. And on the first lap, about three of them hit it and got way up in the air and, it, you know, tore up a bunch of cars, which worked out very favorably for Jeremy Clements. Yeah. Because a lot of those were contenders. And uh, uh, the fact that in the Xfinity race, Michael Annette couldn't go again, who's running right there neck and neck with... Uh, with Jeremy, so they put Chase Elliott in the car that morning, and uh, Michael Annette's had a leg operation, and this is actually the third race he's missed, and uh, or that was the third race he missed. But anyway, they hit that one, and the cars got uh, airborne, so they did, they took it out immediately, or they waited till after that race. I after think they, that race was it? Did it stay there the whole rest of the race? Yeah. Okay, well they knew not to go over there. Yes, that's right, because it was gone for the uh, cup yep. race the next morning, the next day. And the deal with running these cars backwards on on a road course. I mean, everybody's used to the cars going the opposite way. Plus two, a long straightaway going into a hairpin turn. It just don't work too good in NASCAR. They should have let them boys going through the fourth turn of the Indy race mm-hmm. track, going through that fourth turn, and then brought them back in coming over off third turn. That way they'd have got just a little bit more single file. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of differing opinions on it. A lot of people liked yep. it. A lot of people didn't. I didn't. But uh, well, I, I generally liked the road races, but yeah. I didn't enjoy that one this past week. No, I mean, it was, I like road racing too. And I've heard a lot of people, in fact, a cousin that I'm very close to, you know, he says, you know, like, we just got too many now. I don't know if that's true, but it might be. Um, and and NBC is going to drive this down your throat, you know, with a new tradition. <laughs> you know, it's a new tradition because uh, the one that uh, racing on the big oval that they had done for so many years, what, since 1994, wasn't a good enough tradition anymore. So we got to have a new tradition. And, you know, I just think it's baloney, as did a guy that I don't particularly like, but I'm, I'm on the same page with him this time, and that's Kevin Harvick. Harvick did not, because Harvick also... Would have been the first guy, if the he if they'd run the Oval and he'd won it, he'd have been the first guy to win three in a row, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't have been too wild about mm-hmm. that. But he was he was not in favor of the road course. Uh, I don't think Kyle Busch was, but heard Jeremy Clements on open mic Wednesday, and he loved it. He thought it was a good idea. So uh, I don't know. 
that they, well, you're I, more stuck with it. I don't think you can declare a new tradition. A you tradition that's right. has to develop or, organically. And didn't you hear them say that? I mean, I'm not making it up. No, you're right. A yeah. new tradition. So uh, that's called uh, rewriting history, I guess, or, or something. Uh, pre-writing. Pre <laughs> pre-writing. That's a prequel. Uh, you're right. So anyway... It was an exciting race. Uh, it reminded me a little bit about Nashville with uh, the Indy cars the week before when uh, they had a track that I don't think was quite suited to what they were doing with uh, places being so narrow, one car could barely get through, let alone two. And uh, Well, the, the hairpin turn that uh, Alan was talking about a few minutes ago, ideally you go through their single file, mm -hmm. and they were going through there three and trying four wide. It. The physics just don't work. Yeah, neither does the real estate. No. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to recap all of that. And uh, um, the, the all the series aren't running this weekend, um, but there's some racing tonight we'll talk about because the IndyCars are back at um, Gateway in uh, St. Louis where the trucks ran last night. And... While we're talking about that, let me find the truck results, and we'll just talk about it right now. It was their first playoff race, and this is called the Round of Ten. And I think yeah, that snuck up on me. Me too. Well, this is another thing. Why don't they time it some way that all the playoffs start at the same time? I mean, I don't know why they can't do that because I didn't realize the playoffs had started. But here's the drivers that made the truck playoffs uh, in order of their um, after the points reset. John Hunter Nemechek, Austin Hill, Ben Rhodes, Todd Gilliland, Sheldon Creed, uh, well, Zane Smith, Matt Crafton, Carson Hosevar, I love to say that name, <laughs> Stuart Friesen, and Chandler Smith. Now, um, Chandler Smith drives the number 18 for Kyle Motorsports, and Joe uh, John Hunter Nemechek drives the number four for Kyle Butch. Kyle Busch Motorsports. And he's uh, like something you hardly ever see anymore. On about the fourth lap, he was smoking an engine. I mean, something went wrong, bad wrong. And uh, I think they might have got it straightened out. I'll have to check the results here. You know, they. Uh, the funny thing about this truck race, I didn't know it was really on. It sort of blindsided me, so I started watching it. Well, I see how many laps it was into it. Uh, by the way, Sheldon Creed won it. And it wasn't particularly close. Second was uh, Matt Crafton. Third, Ben Rhodes. Fourth, Stuart Friesen. Fifth, Johnny Sauter. Sixth, Chase Purdy. Seventh, Hallie Deegan. Although they, they called her Haley. And I'm not sure which it is. I'll have to ask Deb. But she was seventh for her first top ten and the best finish by a woman in a um, touring series. And um, right. I mean, it's been a long time. Uh Eighth was Carson Hosevar. Ninth, Austin Wayne Self. And tenth, Jack Wood. But what happened here, let me see if I can see what time this happened. Uh, yes, on lap 63 of a 160-lap race, there was a fire in the neighborhood. And it shorted out a transformer, and all the lights went out. The TV, the lights, the stadium lights, everything went out. And this was about, I don't know, probably about 10.30 at night, uh, last night. So I said, you know what? This is a chance for me to watch one of the classic movies because this thing's going to go a long time. Yeah. So I watched uh, 
to have and have not with uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart, where he met Lauren Bacall, and she right. says, you know how to whistle, don't you, Steve, and all that stuff. <laughs> so, uh, and I, so I watched it, about an hour and 45-minute movie. Got done with it, and I said, well, let's see how the trucks were doing. They were just going back, getting into trucks. <laughs> and I said, well, great, I'll squeeze the movie in during the power outage. So they got going again and raced, and they, uh, on one of the restarts, that would have been on lap 114, a huge crack up, took out a bunch of trucks. I mean, they, it was actually two, because the first truck that started wrecking was way back about 20th, and then like the third place guy wrecked, and they're just getting the green flag for the restart, and uh, so there's actually two crashes going on that didn't have anything to do with each other. Uh, but there was like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about ten trucks involved in it, and some of the uh, some of the contenders. So here is the way the points check out now after the first um, playoff race, and what they do. This is called a group of ten, and they will um, drop off the bottom two guys after the first two races. Okay, so. They got one more race before that happens. But right now, the playoff standings are um, John Hunter Nemechek. Wait a minute. No, that can't be right. It would be what the finishing order was, wouldn't it? Well, no, because you get stage points. And oh, okay. you got extra points for how you finish the regular season. Uh, let me see where he actually finished. I, I think they did get his problem finished, uh, fixed when he was smoking right at the beginning. So he probably... Might have still had enough points to, uh, yeah, he, he didn't do that bad. He finished uh, 22nd, so that wasn't so bad. So, yeah, this will be the correct standings. Has to be. John Hunter, Hunter Nemechek has a one a two-point lead over Sheldon Creed, who won the race, so it does make sense. Um, third is Ben Rhodes. He's three points back. Fourth, Matt Crafton. Fifth, Stuart Friesen. Sixth, Austin Hill. Seventh, Carson Hosevar. Eighth, Todd Gilliland. Ninth, Zane Smith. And tenth, Chandler Smith. And those are the only ten guys in the playoffs. So if uh, things don't change pretty soon uh, or after the next race, it'll be the Smith brothers will go home. <laughs> um, that would be uh, Zane and Chandler. So they go next to, uh, I don't know if I wrote that down or not. I'll have to check it. Sorry. Because, see... That race was over so late, I couldn't get the results until after, uh, until this morning. Right. And I had Greg Collin telling me he wasn't coming in, and I was trying to get this printed out. So, you, ch you looking that up for me there, Ronnie? I am. All right. Ronnie's going to tell us who the, uh, where the next race is. Okay, I've got it right here, as a matter of fact. It's at Darlington on okay. September the 5th. And then they go, yeah, it's the first three races. Then they go to Bristol, and that's the cutoff. Two drivers eliminated. Then the round of eight. I've got it right here in front of me. Consists of Las Vegas, Talladega, and Martinsville, where they'll knock out four more. And then the championship will be between four drivers. And that will be, uh, well, all, all it says is the title race is at Phoenix. So it doesn't tell me where the, well, well, I guess that would be the last race. Yeah, that's it. The title race is at Phoenix. So there'll be one race when they narrow it down to four. So that makes sense. And they'll all be at Phoenix at the same time, and they'll decide all three championships at Phoenix. So let's take a break, our first break, and we'll come back and uh, get the abbreviated schedule from Allen on what's happening locally. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership, family-owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife, Rita, are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie handpicks every vehicle and posts the best prices up front at ImpexPreOwned.com. Find the car, truck, or SUV of your dreams at a price you can afford at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. For scores, high school football schedules, articles, and everything going on here at the station, download our app today. Just search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift jim and the staff at palmetto spirits will get it in your hands palmetto spirits located at the corner of reedville and anderson mill roads make phillips and long fuel chesney your source for propane in spartanburg county they offer propane for hot water heaters cooking and heat they can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season not only do they sell propane but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane if your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. Speaking of trouble being on the way, let's get the local results from Alan Hill. Go ahead, Alan. Well, we don't have no. I told you a little bit earlier. We don't have no local results. Okay. As of till tonight. All right. And if everything goes good tonight, uh, we're going to have a lot of local results because uh, Harry Speedway is bringing in the ultimate late models back up there. First okay. time that they've been up there for the super late models in a long time. Uh, going to pay them boys $4,000 to win. Also on the schedule is going to be your pure stock division, Thunder Bomber division, front wheel drive, Crate Sportsman, and Renegade. Gates are going to open up up there at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Driver's meeting is going to be at 7 p.m. Pits going to be $35 to get in. Stands is going to be $20. Uh, kids 12 and under going to get in free. This is the Clyde Debman Memorial Race up there. And uh, 
little bit of history on Harry Speedway up there. And come to find out that Clyde Dedman, his father, Fred Dedman, is actually the one that built Harry Speedway in 1955, and it was asphalt. Hmm. Clyde come in there and built a half-mile dirt track right beside of it. Right. But later on, that dirt track didn't pan out, so he went back to the asphalt, and next thing you know, they plowed it up and made it into a dirt track. And uh, used to go up there a lot of times on Sunday afternoon and watch this uh, race up there. I went quite a few times myself to see uh, Preston Humphreys and those guys race. Yep, Bosco Lowe. Yep. And... Uh, I think a name Lonnie Perkle or something like that out of Greenville. And that rings a bell. And I might be thinking of the Perkle that runs the pool hall in Dawsonville. Well, that's, that's Gordon. <laughs> but uh, like I said, that racetrack was established in 1955. Been going strong ever since. And the guys that run it now is doing a whole lot of it. Last time was up there two weeks ago, went up there. They're doing a lot of improvements to that racetrack. And uh, looking real good up there at Harris Motor Speedway. Okay. Uh, also tonight, we got, uh, Cherokee Speedway. They got the Extreme Force Shootout. That's the SCDRA division. Gonna pay them boys $5,000 to win. Uh, Gates over there. Gonna open, well, actually, they qualified last night and gonna race tonight. Uh, so, uh, also on hand is gonna be 604 Late Models, the Street Stock Division, running the Mid-East Street Stock Rules, Stock 4 Division. Thunder Bomber, Front Wheel Drive Young Guns, and 602 and 604 Chargers. Pits up there going to be at Cherokee Speedway. Going to be $35 to get in, $15 to get into the stands. Uh, a lot of good racing going on at Cherokee Speedway, provided we get them in tonight. Also, coming up next Friday, they got the uh, Southeastern Hornets Association going to be at Travers Rest Speedway. And, uh, to watch them boys in that Hornets division, that's kind of more or less your front wheel drives, and boy, them boys can flat make a four wheel—I mean, a four cylinder car—scream around them racetracks. Also, going to be the rookie division, Thunder Bomber Futures, Pure Stock Division, Thunder Bomber uh, Main, and Renegade and Crate Sportsman. Travers Rest, everybody knows. It's located over there off of Highway Twenty Five. Kind of right down below where uh, Riverside Speedway used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, gates are going to open over next Friday at 5 p.m. Driver's meeting is going to be at 7 p.m. Hot laps will start at 7.30. Stands are $15. Kids 10 and under get in free. Pits are going to be $30. So uh, until we see some racing going on locally... Like I say, hopefully we don't see no rain this afternoon. Well, I, I just looked at the forecast, and it looks pretty good. So, uh, like I don't I see said, anything. If you want to watch the super late models, you can go to Harris. If you want to watch these front-wheel drives division, you can go to Cherokee Speedway. So, uh, like I said, a lot of good racing going to be going on. Hopefully. And hopefully, our, you hardly ever see a dirt track tear up because of bumps. No. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any splitters coming no, there won't either. won't be no splitters coming through. Let me ask you this. Um, the... Uh, well, now, Dad, I lost my train of thought there when I was getting ready to ask it. I had a good question. 
Ronnie, don't you hate that? I hate that. And the older I get, the worse they get. <laughs> yeah, but, but you're not listening. They've got millions of people waiting, <laughs> uh, hanging on your next word. I also heard some local, I haven't really confirmed it, Anderson Speedway is going back to dirt along with Greenville Pickens. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. That it now. I, I believe have, that when I, I see it. Well, you gonna, I know of one of them It's going to be pretty much. I just don't know of the other one. Well, I know... Uh, well, which is which? I know Anderson will be going back to dirt because I heard they got a new owner. And uh, he's uh, he's already told last race this year, I'm going to ply it up. I'm going to take that asphalt up. We're going back to dirt. What about that? Now, you know, our good friend Dale Wilkerson, I do not know if he is still the pu- public address announcer there. I'm, I don't I don't know either. But uh, but he, 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 did, he has done it for a while. Uh, he used to do that and get off about it. 12, one, one, 2 o'clock in the morning and be here to do this show or his, his show, Dropping the Hammer. But uh, I might have to check with him and see how much, uh, what the timetable on that and is. And I think about two or three years ago, we was racing up at Harris, and I think he was announcing up at Harris Speedway because he threw the heat. I was out there working in the pit area, and I heard him say over there, come, Mr. I ain't going to say Mr. Allen Hill, but he said, and you can hear him on you know, our uh, radio show like today. Yeah, well, so uh, Dale's a good friend. I mean, I he uh, didn't want to do this show anymore, and I said, do you mind if I do it? And he said, not at all, and that was four years ago, and we're still going. I figured out what I wanted to say just now. I, it does come back I, eventually, I, Ronnie. Don't interrupt me. I'll forget it again. Was Kyle Bush, I mean, Kyle Larson supposed to be at Cherokee this past week? And, or no, what, what was the deal com- on that? That's coming up. That's coming up right before Labor Day. They're going to have the big $43,000 super late model race over there that they had to reschedule from uh, where it got canceled out mm-hmm. because of rain. And they rescheduled it on a Thursday night before Labor Day. That way, he'll kind of be close to Darlington, close to Gaffney. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to be a big deal. That. Plus, we've also got our uh, Hall of Fame coming up over at Cherokee Speedway and Talking about Hall of Fame, I had breakfast at Granny's Kitchen this morning, and I talked to a man that's in the Hall of Fame up there. He came over and sat and had breakfast with me, and that was Strawberry Davis. Strawberry Davis. We've had him, or he's a good friend. I think he worked for Bud Moore a little bit. Yeah. Right. And probably some other teams around here, and I met I met him in here, I think, on uh, uh, Dropping the Hammer. So, uh, i tell you what you do. Um, Get Tony Adair lined up for next week if you can, so we can promote that stuff. And we'd be glad to have strawberry on any time. Okay, I'll, I'll have breakfast with him about every morning. I mean, so I... let him buy you breakfast and bring him on down here. Uh, we'll he, put him on live. He's not going to buy my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw something about Kyle Bush. Uh, this, I think he won something this Kyle, week. Kyle Larson. I, I mean, Kyle Larson won he, something he this went, week. Uh, he went to, the, I think, Knoxville Nationals, won the Knoxville Nationals in that sprint car. Yeah. Well, I, and they, uh, they were talking about that last week uh, yeah. at when they, they had the Indianapolis races on. But I, I think I read something that he went somewhere this week. I, I don't. He's just, he's uh, the well, he's modern got, day Ken Schrader. Well, he's got the sprint cars, and then he's also got the six car of the super late model of the Rumley's car, and plus he got Hendrix in the, in the NASCAR. So, uh, I mean, I ain't going to say he's got the best of all worlds right now, but he's pretty, pretty much, you, you're stepping into what I call a, a, a good race car. Yeah. I mean. I didn't realize that, uh, 
Alex Bowman did a lot of open wheel. I mean, that's probably where he came from, but I think he won something last week or or did real good. I saw an article about him. I didn't have a chance to read it, but he was standing next to a sprint car. Well, our, uh, the boy that was thought he might go and win the race last uh, week in the 14 car. Briscoe. Briscoe. He, yeah. had, he had a lot of sprint car experience and stuff. And that's pretty much how he got his foot in the door with NASCAR. Well, that's... Uh, with Tony Stewart. Well, I mean... Uh, you, you've got, Newman? You can't just fall out, of, fall out <laughs> of the sky and fall into a NASCAR ride. Right. Put it that way. Ryan Newman came from sprint cars. Uh, Tim Richmond came from sprint cars. I mean, that, you could go on and on with that. Yep. And open-wheel modifieds. I love watching him open-wheel modifieds. Yeah. Well, we had a... We had a good open wheeler modified driver on last week with Jeff Bodine, but we uh, let's uh, go ahead. That's what I was really wanting him to get into was the open wheel modifieds, but uh, he just didn't want to go there, and I just didn't want to press that subject with him. Okay, but, uh, I liked watching uh, open wheel modifieds whenever we go up to Martinsville Speedway, mm-hmm. and they'd bring him open wheel modifieds in up there, and them things just sounded so much. I mean, well, it's a whole lot of motor and and uh, on a, on a I'll sit to the left-hand yeah. side, and I mean, driver's just sitting right there, and a little bitty, I'm looks like a little bathtub's what he's sitting in. Little, little, little bathtub on wheels is what I called it. That, that I remember they even attempted to run those things at Daytona during Speed Week one time when they, and I believe that's when they, actually, I, I could be wrong about this. I may be way off, but I was thinking that that was one of the reasons they put the chicane in the backstretch, because those things were just so fast. They, they, I mean, it's a, what, does, what's the, what, what do those weigh? Ah, they get 1500 or something? About 1500 somewhere along, 1450 yeah. somewhere along in there. And, and what kind of motor? Just as much as you can get. <laughs> That's why it's modified. As much as you can get. All right. Let's, uh, we got a few minutes here, so let's just go ahead and talk about Xfinity for a, uh, no, i tell you what, we'll talk about it, there's not much to say about a race that was yesterday at Michigan that if you had MAV-TV, you could have watched, but that was the ARCA race. And I tell you what, I mean, guess who won? Ty Gibbs. Now, Corey Himes has been winning every week, and Ty Gibbs usually second. Ty Gibbs won yesterday, and Corey Himes was second. I don't have a point standings because, uh, once again, uh, I just I couldn't find it. I searched the Internet this morning looking for it. But Ty Gibbs was first. This was at Michigan yesterday. Corey Himes was second. Uh, going on down through here, Nick Sanchez was third with his best finish. Um, Sam Mayer was fourth, and Kyle Siege was fifth. A couple of side notes. Um, the first one, before they drift into obscurity, um, for the first time since, I think it's 2014, it might have been 2015, they're running the Milwaukee Mile again. And they haven't run, and that's the oldest track in the country. Now, you can't say continuously operating because it looks like they've been down for about six years. But that's a famous, famous track, the Milwaukee Mile. And uh, I know that uh, back when it was the Bush Series, they used to run there every year. And it was forever that the Indianapolis guys after the 500 went to Milwaukee the next week. And they usually went two, two times. But Milwaukee is uh, coming back. I saw some pictures of it, or some video, actually, of it on the Internet, and it's beautiful. I mean, they look like they spent $20 million on it. The grandstands are fantastic looking. And uh, 
Hopefully they'll get maybe Indy back in there and maybe even an Xfinity race. But ARCA, I think, is going to be there next week before they go for two weeks on the dirt at, at uh, Illinois State Fairgrounds in Springfield and at DuCoin. So I always liked ARCA for running dirt. Well, you don't want to get me started on the deal with ARCA and Gibbs and knowing that we at Michigan and all of a sudden I'm going to bring my top-notch pit crew in here and we're going to cut a fork. 12-second pit stop, whereas you got all the rest of the Arca boys sitting there trying their best. I ain't going to say trying their best to do a 17-second pit stop. but uh, And if you want to go back to it, something that's stuck in my crawl for a long time. This is a good day for it. We this got is time. a good day for it? Yeah, because you didn't have much results. Uh, You're still on the clock. Let me tell you, I'm still on the clock because <laughs> I'm going to let you have it right here. No, go ahead. Me? Personally? Deal, no. Okay. The deal where they run the road course... And their crews were somewhere else, so they let the boys come in and have, what was it, a 50-second pit stop, mm-hmm. 50 to 70 seconds, then you had to be back out. And that was because our top teams could not have their crews there to pit them boys. Mm. But what about you, Jeremy Clements, and all the rest of them that, you know, that don't have these top teams that mm-hmm. comes in there going to pit their cars for them and do a quick pit stop? And let them get out there, and mm-hmm. well, we're gonna let we're gonna let you see here on pit road for fifty seconds, and then you got to be out by the by that offline in seventy seconds. If you don't, you got to go to the rear of the field. Yeah, to me, that was bull. I agree with you. I, I mean, totally agree with you. Well, I'm glad y'all do. <laughs> <laughs> I was wanting somebody kind of argue with me a little bit. No, <laughs> no, I agree with you 100. Uh, and and then I heard somebody this week uh, talking the same thing a little bit about uh, Denny Hamlin handled his situation well on pit road that he went up and talked to Chase Briscoe. But guess what? If you look at the thing, he wouldn't plan on making the turn anyway. He's going to use eight tires instead of four getting into that first turn. Right. And when you force a guy off the racetrack, I mean, well, get real. It, and and don't get me wrong, he said somebody was pushing him. Oh, it was uh, a crowd. It was crowded down there in the first turn, <laughs> but I mean, that's part of racing. And you and, knew it was going to happen. And I mean, whenever we go to a dirt track, especially you go to Harris, you go to Harris, it's kind of like running off down there in that first turn, and everybody knows that if you got that lead coming off the second turn at Harris, you've either got to really mess up to lose the race if you've got a, a pretty good race car. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's just a tight racetrack, and uh, you can be, sometimes you can be three-tenths slower and still hold a guy up behind you, provided that guy does not want to use that chrome horn. Yeah. And sometimes they'll do it up there. Well, they don't have too many laps to get it done. That's it. And uh, don't get me wrong, we used to race, and we used to have that big bar stuck out of the front up there. But mm-hmm. nowadays, we don't have any big bars stuck out of the front. All you got is that little sloped nose because you want you on dirt. Yeah. You still want aerodynamics and yeah. stuff like that. We don't look at it that much, but it, well, play, it plays into our cars. That's the, I mean, and you would be the one to know with your Corvette front end. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> a man told me the other day, he said, I don't know if you're going to be able to run it. If you move up to this division or whatever, and I said, well, uh, y'all need to let me know something because I'm planning on to. <laughs> <laughs> Run what you brung. Yeah. And yours, you brung in yours with a Corvette well, nose on it. Yep. All right. Let's take our second break. I think that's Deb calling in. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400. 
Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive-thru. Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive-thru special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive-thru is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this. And you want it to sound like this. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality. And visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. We are the home of the South Carolina Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. This is our now on FM at 98.3. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to RiverFallsGolf.com. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube. Asheville Highway in Inman. Nice jumper. When your game's that hot, you need to cool down with an icy treat from McDonald's. Like any size Minute Maid, Pink Lemonade, or new Strawberry Watermelon Slushy for $2. Or any size new Frozen Coke, new Frozen Fanta Wild Cherry or Blue Raspberry, or McCafe Iced Coffee for $1.69. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Price of participation may vary. Limited time only. Time to combine and they'll offer a combo meal. Coca-Cola Fanta Minute Maid or Richard Trademarks, the Coca-Cola Company. Mike's for Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. Good morning, Deb. How are you this morning? Good morning. Fine, thank you. How about yourself? Well, we're doing pretty good. We got Greg under the weather, so he uh, he lined us up Wally Dallin back junior for 11 o'clock and uh, took the day off. So uh, 
I've, well, I'm sorry he's feeling bad. Yeah, we'll get him back in shape. But, uh, well, we had some pretty pretty wild happenings in Indianapolis last week with the, with the curbs coming up and the roadblocks they had out there. And uh, it was just, you know, I, my theory is that that was just so much... Uh, wear and tear with three series racing over those uh, curbs and the S's that it, it just they just wore out before the shows were over. Well, my question that, I, you know, I have is why did they make them out of metal? I, know, I was surprised it, they were made out of metal. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and I mean, you know, my thought is what are these made out of here at the Roval, because I don't think they're made out of metal, and I think that's what needs to be addressed. You know, I don't know if they could actually do those uh, deals to enforce the course like they do in the pavement, which is normally the way speed bumps are, you know, they are out at Sonoma. I mean, look how many years they've been running all over those at Sonoma. Well, there's a lot. They're uh, all over the place. The, the chicane at Daytona, you know, on the yeah. back stretch has been there forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, so that's my, the question in my mind is why were they made out of metal? Because you know as well as I do that these stock car drivers are going to run over it in trying to shorten or straighten out the turn. So that's the big question, and I'm sure knowing Roger Penske and having worked for him, he had his people in a meeting Sunday night. He didn't wait till Monday morning. Right. He called a meeting Sunday night and informed them of what he wanted done before they met again on Monday. So it'll be interesting to see how they resolve the issue. Well, you know, they almost made it. I mean, there were like 20-something laps, maybe maybe less than that, and they would have, it would have been okay. But what really surprised me, and, and Alan and I were texting back and forth during, the, during that race, and I couldn't believe they removed it. Because then I expected them to remove that other thing that was perpendicular to the line of traffic, and they didn't. And I was, I just, you know, I couldn't believe they'd leave that out there because you knew somebody was going to hit it, and they did. Well, you know, it's it kind of, <laughs> you have to wonder about why they wound up hitting it. You know, it's, it's it interesting. But, yeah, I know, but it was. Was it because they weren't using their brain, you know, as well as I do? That, and the drivers will admit it that lots of times they get in the the uh, race car and they disengage their brain. And I thought it was interesting that Ben Rhodes made a comment this past Tuesday when we had the Zoom conference with the truck drivers that are in the playoffs. And of course, those playoffs started last night right. at Gateway, but. Uh, the question I had for Ben Rhodes was you started the season with nine top ten finishes out of the first ten races, and then you lost your consistency. You went and you would have one finish no better than 15th, and then the next race you would finish in the top ten, and the next race you'd finish outside the top 15, and the next race the top ten. What happened, and how do you expect to regain it? <laughs> Yeah. Ben, ben goes, that's a lot of statistics. And then he said, you know, he said, we were trying some different things there. And then I got penalized once under yellow when I shouldn't have been penalized. And then something else happened. He said, but you know, you have to understand, drivers have peanuts for brains. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I just, I thought it was hilarious. And uh, he said, so I'm going to do like drivers normally do and blame it on somebody else. But, uh, you know, anytime you don't want a dangerous situation on there, and quite honestly, why they left it on there is a very good question. Yeah, I, I was that, amazed. Uh, yeah, I don't have an answer for you, but I'm sure we'll find one out. Well, it only long. Took, it only took them one lap in the Xfinity mm-hmm. race to hit that orange one that they had on the outside. Of course, they removed it for the Cup race, but so many, you know, several top cars hit that at, on the first lap of the Xfinity race, which you know really helped our our, our local driver Jeremy Clements because it eliminated some of his uh, some of his competitors that he's you know battling to make the playoffs. So uh, I think there's several things yeah. up there that they gotta that they. Take another look at it. I assume they're going well, to run this again like this next year. I, I would assume so, but you know what they say: never assume. You know what it makes out of you and me when you do. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, the thing is, I think where the mistake came in, and I think maybe people are overlooking this: the road course was approved by the World Organization that approves the road courses for Formula One and all. So it was approved by the World Organization that uh, approves for, I think it's a FISA. Yeah, I, I well, was going to ask if that was FIA. Like, yeah, I think, it, I think that's it. And, um, of course, what they don't take into account, the Formula One cars and the Indy cars never hit those speed bumps. They don't go over them like the stock cars do. So just because it's an FIA-approved track, which Formula One approves and all, doesn't mean it's going to work for stock cars. Yeah. And I think that's what happened in this case, is everybody figured that since it was FIA-approved, formula, good for Formula One and all, then it was good to go. But they failed to take into account that the way the stock cars race those speed bumps or berms or whatever you want to call them differently than your open-wheel cars do. Yeah. Well, let's look at the playoffs. Um, of course, Denny Hamlin hasn't won a race, but he's locked in on points. Uh, well, well, I think there's one thing everybody's overlooking right well, there. Well, tell me. That's why we have you on the show. Wise me up. Well, okay, if... Kyle Larson wins the regular season championship, and you have a first-time winner this week and a first-time winner next week, and neither one of them are Denny Hamlin. To me, that leaves him on the outside looking in. There's only two spots left. A.J. Allmendinger is not locked in. Well, no, he's not, because he's not running full-time cup. He's not qualified for it. But we've got three three spots. Okay, then Hamlin is. I was looking, when I saw it, I was looking at those two spots that were vacant when I got the rundown this week. Um, I thought they were looking at Hamlin as being locked in by points. But, yeah, if that's the two two spots and and that... um, is not counting, you know, then then we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, then Hamlin is locked in. But when I looked at those two vacant spots on there, and I'm going, but wait a minute, we got two races left. So, 
Yeah, okay, that that makes sense then. Well, but um, of course, but Michigan that, is when, I, when it was given to me, it didn't. When uh, we got Michigan tomorrow, and of course, uh, I don't know if that's so much of, uh, of a, a wild card, but Daytona is, in my opinion. I mean, Daytona, maybe not as much as Talladega, but anybody could win at Daytona because they're going to have the big one, and and it's just you know conducive, like uh, David Reagan or somebody, Greg Sachs, to win their first race. Um, oh yeah, and then the two, you know, who's going to come up and test positive for COVID? I mean, exactly. Corey LaJoy can't drive this week, and Josh Berry is substituting for him because there was somebody that tested positive that was in the studio with him when he recorded his podcast on Monday. Is that how And he's that in quarantine for seven days. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, so he's in quarantine for seven days. It's uh. I mean, I watch the news every night, and it's, we're just about in the same boat we were. Maybe this boat's worse. I don't know. I, I personally um, am probably going to need a third shot at my age. And, uh, well, anybody that's had two, I guess, will need three. But I, if they wait eight months, I can't do it until November. So, uh, you Well, know. I can't do mine until October. Okay. So a lot so, can happen. But absolutely right. They're, they're canceling football games all over the place. I mean, the high school around here because well, of uh, COVID? Yeah, I mean, my, whole, my old high school was supposed to open Friday night. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people think that they didn't play because of the flood that devastated my hometown and, and county this past Tuesday. But it's not. It's because they were supposed to play Brevard, and the Brevard team couldn't play because of COVID. How, Pisgah could, but, but Bavard couldn't. Interesting you said that, because you are from that part of the, the state, and uh, is any direct impact on you there? I mean, I hope your family's okay. I hope everybody's okay, but, you know, since we have you well, the phone, I, you're um, from there. Yeah, I've, I've been able to determine from friends that have gone by and checked my parents' house, and they said it's okay. I was really concerned about the 14-foot rock wall that's in front of the house, mm. and... Um, I talked with a the person that, that watches after it for me, and his wife had checked it during the rainstorm on Tuesday and said it was okay. And then I talked with another person who walked by it yesterday and said that um, it wasn't leaning and there were no cracks in it. So that's good. But, you know, I mean, the Asheville Highway is closed from Canton, which is U.S. 1923. It's closed from Canton to the... Buncombe County line, so I can't, our, our property, our family property was there, my cousin sold it a few years ago, but I still would like to know if the houses and barn that my uncle built, you know, is still there, and yeah. um, so. Well, I hope everything's um, okay for you up there, and uh, and we'll be thinking about Yeah, I appreciate it. So far, all my family and all seem fine. That's Fans, Friends and family seem fine. I got a cousin in the hospital with covid but oh, um no. he he went in the day after rescuing his father from the floodwaters oh my goodness so all yeah, right let's it, try to get on a happy note here let's get I, on I, racing I, but, then. but i'm glad i asked uh the scores, yeah i appreciate it thank you the scores on our uh little uh, weekly contest ronnie's got two wins greg's got two wins i've got two wins lanny deb alan and jada each have one so let's go ahead and uh you go ahead and go first deb Okay, well, I'm going to really go out of the box and pick Kevin Harvick. All right. Ronnie, you go ahead. Well, I'm going to switch it up and go with Larson. 
I don't know how big a limb that is. That looks like a pretty small no, I, limb I didn't to me. Say, I didn't say go out on a limb. I said no, I <laughs> Alan's chuckling. Well, you go ahead next, Alan. I think I'm going to take his man 19. Then you'll probably get it. There you go. Uh, that was the way it usually works. I'll, I'll go back to my usual horse, and that would be Chase Elliott, although I always think of Michigan as a Ford track. Um, Lanny McKinney is saying Larson, but you just picked him, didn't you? <laughs> Lanny, you got to give us another one. Um, we will go with, uh, for Greg, let's, who do you have? Left? Greg had, uh, oh, Greg had Larson last week. He likes Kyle Busch. So oh, you already picked Truex. All right, give Greg Kyle Busch because he likes to pick him. And uh, I guess Jada will take uh, Hamlin, and I'm waiting on uh, Lanny to give me another one. Uh, Deb, what did you think? We got a, about a minute and a half left here. What did you think of uh, the way the cup race finished? I mean, do you think Briscoe should have just pulled over and eliminated himself, or was he right to keep digging and then spin out the guy that had to race one? It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. <laughs> and that sounds I good. can tell you, I can tell you right now. As I have told a lot of these drivers, I will never, ever condemn a driver for doing something that I know I would have done in the exact same situation <laughs> because I know how competitive I am. I was going to say, and I we, know done we know yeah, you're vicious. I will <laughs> do what? We know that you're vicious. <laughs> no, I would have done exactly what Chase Briscoe did, so I will never condemn him for that. And I thought it was pretty cool that Tony Stewart told him afterwards. He said he was proud of him for taking up for himself. So yeah, well, he didn't do anything wrong. I thought they both handled it pretty well with all the microphones and everything stuck in their faces and cameras on the mm -hmm. pit road. It was uh, handled very nicely. Well, Deb, yeah, great hearing from you. We're going to let you go. I got a minute here to go to the next commercial, and I usually am. Uh, struggling to uh you're usually in the middle of something fantastic and i have to cut you off so let me before you get to something fantastic let me let me bid you goodbye what what you got over there Alan? well what i liked about it is if you watched it in pre-race they had chase briscoe and he said he'd rather be known as a good guy racing and you might know he'd wind up like that in that last lap <laughs> <laughs> deb great having you on we'll talk to you next week about michigan and everything else in racing Sounds good. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week. You too. That's Deb Williams. And uh, what is she, Ronnie? She's the smartest woman I know. Yeah, but Alan had to sort of get get her facts straight there, which I'm real proud of you there, Alan. Because honestly, I'm not up on it enough to know that. Well, that's uh, part of the deal of uh, A.J. Omendinger. Uh, you know, they've always said, you, you win, you in. But guess what? He's not in. Yeah, and and I didn't I didn't even figure in some of that stuff with Kyle Larson winning another race and what the ramifications would be, but we're going to take a break. Top of the hour, come back and talk to Wally Dallenbach. This is Start Your Engines. Your home for Presbyterian College Blue Host football is Fox Sports fourteen hundred WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at ninety eight three. We are Fox Sports. 
And here's what you need to know. Nathan Fetto of the Los Angeles Times reports that federal prosecutors plan to present testimony from approximately five Major League Baseball players alleging that they received oxycodone from a former Los Angeles Angels PR employee named Eric Kay, who's charged in connection with a 2019 fatal overdose of Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs. A court filing submitted by prosecutors late Friday night did not name the players involved and did not mention whether they played for the Angels or another Major League team. On the field Friday night, the Dodgers won their eighth in a row, beating the Mets 3-2. Walker Buehler improved to 13-2. The Padres lost at home to the Phillies 4-3. San Diego's lost 8 of 9. College sports Oregon and Oregon State became the first Power 5 schools to announce they require proof of vaccination or a negative recent COVID test for people over the age of 12 to attend their football games. I'm a few years back, when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey everyone, this is Ben Ingram. Wake up weekday mornings with Tyler Sugart on Bump and Run from 7 to 9 a.m. Right here on Spartanburg's home for the Atlanta Braves, Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Providing for and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. Many people are under the impression that establishing a will is the first and last step to estate planning. That is why developing a formal estate plan can be one of the most important things you will ever do for them. A comprehensive estate plan can help you preserve and protect your wealth, control who receives your assets, and ensure that your wishes are carried out. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Jannie Montgomery Scott can help you prepare an estate plan. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Rubens, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome. I never slide. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. Fox Sports 1400 98.3 FM is your home for Spartanburg Vikings football. Listen to Vikings football each Friday presented by Chris Foster Heating and Air, your local Ream specialist right here. 
on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM and on the Fox Sports 1400 app. Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Kaposi Glassmart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Kaposi Glassmart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Kaposi Glassmart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Kaposi Glassmart, serving the upstate since 1975. Kaposi Glassmart, helping your team win. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods is now open at 2601 East Main Street, Suite 21 in Spartanburg. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods carries a vast selection of clothing for the whole family, as well as lighting, small appliances, kitchen gadgets, and much, much more. They have antiques, jewelry, formal gowns, lots of brand name items at really low prices. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods reminds you to shop local and support local businesses in your community. Stop by and see what these local folks can do for you. Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., 2601 East Main Street in Spartanburg. Live from the Fox Sports 1498-3 FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and impexpreo.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM and around the world on the internet and our uh, Listen In app. And it's my pleasure to welcome Wally Dallenbach Jr. Good morning, Wally. Morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? We're doing great. What are, you're on a, well, I, I, I forgot to mention some of your achievements. 1985 and 86 Trans Am champion, four-time winner of the Daytona 24 Hours in your class, three-time winner of Sebring and countless other races. Uh, Wally, you've got quite a list of accomplishments there, and I guess you're going to go try to catch a big fish this weekend. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of fishing today. We're going to give it a give it a try anyway. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, it, it, it's fun to get out on a boat, but I'll tell you what, it's warm down here in Florida right now, so it should be interesting. Well, I hope the weather's good because they've had some nasty stuff roll through there recently. We got the end of it. Yeah, it's been, it's good. Yeah, we didn't get much we didn't get much here in Daytona off that last storm. I don't think we got anything, to be honest with you, but uh, it, it's beautiful today. Blue skies, um, and we're ready to go. Well, so. I was under the impression you were on the West Coast, so uh, my mistake. Um, That's all right. Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, you have so much road course experience. I mean, it's it's actually your forte, I guess you would say. And we have uh, more road courses now in the Cup and Xfinity series than, than ever before. Uh, what's your opinion of that? And yeah, what... I know. Where was that when I was driving? <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to go to Japan to do some of it. Yeah, well, we had Watkins Glen and we had Sears Point. 
um, you know, those were always the two that were on the schedule. But, yeah, no, I look at it now and look at how many road races are on the schedule, and I'm like, man, that would have been that would have been so much fun um, while I was driving. I because I, I really enjoy it, but uh, but I'm glad to see they've got them. You know, they've got them in there because I think it's a heck of a show. Well, what did you think? Did you watch the race last week at Indianapolis? Any of it, or the Cup race, or the I, Xfinity, or anything? I did watch most of the Cup race, or, or the last half of it, um, and um, you know, it was it was good. It was good stuff. I you know, it's unfortunate what happened. I mean. You know, the, these you know these curves that these guys screw in at the track. Um, you know, it, it, it's okay for most most racing series, but when you start throwing those tanks called Cup cars um, over those things, you know, it, unless they're unless they're concrete or asphalt or whatever, um, it, it's pretty it's pretty brutal. Um, and it's too bad that those things came up, and it and it became more of the story than the race. Yeah, they but, almost um, they almost you know made they it. did the, they did the best they could. Uh, you, you know, uh, they had had the Indy car race, which uh, those cars are so light it probably didn't loosen them up too much. But then you had the Xfinity race, and then the Cup race, and and a little bit of practice they had. And uh, I just think they wore out about twenty laps, you know, before they should have. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, and you know, listen, you got to learn from your mistakes on that deal. I mean, there's, there, you know, next year it'll be different and it won't be an issue. I mean, whether they put a wall there or they just do something different, um, you know. But those those curbs, listen, you know, as a driver, you're going to hit them. Um, you know, the, the the obviously they're you know to keep you from from cutting the track. And the one deal they had, I don't know, they're calling it a caterpillar curb or something. You know, yeah. Obviously, that's there to keep the guys um, away from that. But, you know, a lot of times when you're in the heat of the moment, especially after the start of the race or the restart of the race, you know, you're following so someone so close. Right. And you you got to remember, if you're not out there leading, you know, you're, you're kind of looking at a guy and you're looking through three or four other windshields and you're following that guy. And if that guy makes a mistake, you're right there with him. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's you're. You know, sometimes you can't see where you're going. So I think that's a lot of what, you know, what happened there. And obviously towards the end of the race, everybody's, you know, a lot more ramped up and they're trying to get what they can get. Um, but should have never come loose um, in the first place. And, um, hey, you know, like I said, they, they, they pulled that thing away and there was no issues after that. So. Uh, Except for the one that was you know, perpendicular like said, to the Indianapolis traffic. Motor Speedway does a really good job with the racetrack, and and you know it, it was it is what it was. But I mean, I think they did a good job trying to trying to fix it so they could get that race finished. Let me ask you this now: What are they made of at other tracks? And we had Deb Williams on right before you, and um, she didn't know either. You know, I was surprised that it turned out that they were you know made of metal fastened to the track. However. Um, I mean, they're not like that at Daytona or other road courses, are they? Because you've run so many of them. I mean, you would know. I, I always thought it was just like uh, asphalt. I mean, the same thing the track was made out of. Yeah, or maybe of, concrete or yeah, whatever. Yeah, a lot of places, they're, they're ash, asphalt or concrete. They are part of the surface, you know. So they're not screwed into the racetrack, you know, like they were there or at temporary tracks. I mean, you'll see a lot of that stuff at temporary racetracks, you know, um, 
you know, you'll, you see it a lot at IndyCar racing and IMSA racing and stuff like that, at street racing especially, you know, they'll screw those things in because they're basically racing, you know, on street. So, you know, on Monday, all that stuff's got to be pulled up. That's true. And, um, you know, welcome back to, you know, the Monday morning rush hour. But <laughs> a lot of the events, you know, a lot of other racetracks that you go uh, that are, you know, permanent tracks, and Indy is, but, but they're, like I said, they're either asphalt or concrete. They are part of the track, and usually they don't come up. Well, I bet it will be next year when they come back. Um, I actually was a little yeah. disappointed that yeah. they ran the cup cars on that course. I, they kept saying uh, the new tradition, and, you know, to me, I kind of like the old tradition, and where you ran, and, and, and ran fairly well in Bud Moore's car, and I, I'm not sure if your record in, uh, in the other cup cars that you ran there, but... You know, I thought that was a, t- a tradition I hated to see go by. I, listen, for a driver, um, that's what makes going there so special. I mean, you know, listen, I'm, you know, the racing isn't great on the oval. There's no question about it. it I mean, it's usually me. pretty boring. I, I love, but I love it. You know, <laughs> but for a driver, that's, that's the place. That's the crown jewel. You want to win at Indianapolis on the oval. Right. Um, and that's what makes it so special. So I get it. I do too, and that's exactly what Kevin Harvick said. Um, but now I, I got to put on my Greg Moore hat here for a second because I know if he was here, um, he would say uh, that y'all had a great run at Daytona in '96, I guess it was, and uh, and same clo- came so close to. Uh, well, you had a good finish doing that completely white uh, Hayes Modem car, and and when we were battling for the lead all the way, and then he'd also say you had. Some great runs on road courses, but you'd make a pit stop, and uh, your pit crew would lose. Bud's pit crew would lose you about ten or fifteen spots. So <laughs> that, that, that's what he would yeah, say. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, we ate good in the morning. <laughs> you know, those guys always. It was funny when you walked into Bud's trailer in the morning. They had, you know, half the bench was full of cookers. You know, eggs, bacon, spam. You can, you know, whatever you can imagine. We ate good, but now listen, hey, you know, we didn't have the budget that, you know, the bigger teams had where you could go out and hire special guys for crew guys and stuff like that. And, you know, um, listen, I I appreciate how everybody gave it their all. Did we did we lose a couple of races because of pit stops? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, um, those guys worked their butts off. They tried. They, they had their heart and soul in it. Man, that's all a driver can ask for. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I loved racing for Bud and all those guys. They were a great bunch. And, um, you know, I wish we could have got to the point where we could have taken the next step up. But it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, uh, I, I've got to ask you, I want to go back to Indianapolis uh, for a second, or Indianapolis racing. And I was looking over your, uh, your statistics last night, and I noticed in the – Cart or IndyCar races that you ran, it says leader card. Did you, did you drive for AJ Watson at one time? Was it was he still at leader card? I think that was nineteen ninety or something. I did. Um, I ran. Uh, I believe it was Mid Ohio, um, Denver, and Laguna Seca with those guys. Um, I know John Barnes was a part of that team. Who you know was a friend of, of, of my family forever, and. Um, you know, we had some we had some good runs. We had you know good run at Denver. We were in the you know in the rain. It was wet at Mid Ohio, and I don't think we finished, but we were in the top five 
in the rain at Mid Ohio. I don't remember what happened there. Laguna Seca, we blew an engine, but absolutely, yep. I got to uh, I got to hang out. Uh, it was uh, uh, Penske. Um, all those guys were were still around, and um, that was really my first. You know, well, my very first IndyCar race actually was with Dick Simon at Elkhart Lake, right. North America. Another and legend, then I did some races with uh, with Leader Card. You know, I, I love Indy. I mean, I've got to, and these guys know it here, and Greg knows it. You know, I, I love Indianapolis 500. Is, there's no race that can touch it, as far as I'm concerned. And um, and IndyCar racing in general, I, I just read it to death, and I love the history. And that's why we love having your dad on. I'm not, we didn't have him on this year, and I can't remember why. Might have been some scheduling thing or something, but uh, um, I've loved, I love. We had Johnny Rutherford, and I love talking to to your dad. But uh, you know, I've read so much about Roger, um, about uh, AJ Watson, and but I've never, I don't think, talked to anybody that drove for him. I, Johnny Rutherford might have, but I never brought it up. But I just saw it on your stats last night, and I said, you know, I mean, that's one of the absolute legendary figures in the history of IndyCar racing. Oh, no kidding. I mean, A.J. Watts, especially when it came to the Roadster. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, the offies and stuff like that. That He was the man. Um, you know, A.J. Watson, if you were going to win Indianapolis, you better be in his stuff or any other race for that matter. Yeah. And, you know, he was he, – that is such great history and stories that have really not been told or they haven't been told recently. And that's um, why I like the tell about some of that stuff. That's why I love to read about that stuff. And he was so, uh, um, he'd share anything with you. I mean, he'd, he'd sell you one of his cars. He'd, uh, you know, uh, and until he came along, it was Frank Curtis. And he just sort of, in my mind, improved Frank Curtis's roadster design. But, uh, yeah, I, I love A.J. Watson. I, he came to Atlanta one year and had uh, Spike Gelhausen driving for him. And they weren't doing very good. But I did get to mm-hmm. shake his hand. And um, that was a thrill for me. Yeah. I want to finish off on uh, yeah. to talk about Bob Jenkins because last week uh, or week before last when we lost Bob, I guess it was last week, I looked at a lot of things on the Internet, and there's so many tributes to him. You know, I mean, right up to a couple of weeks before he passed away, a lady interviewed him down in his man cave. But uh, one of the things I found on there were you and Bob Jenkins, and it was a race that was on NBCSN, I guess. And, uh, NBC. Yeah. Okay, and it was like his last race, or, or if I'm not mistaken, it was his last broadcast. And you very eloquently mentioned that, and then turned it over to, to Bob. I mean, tell us a little bit about Bob Jenkins, because yeah. we all sort of lived with him and grew well, up with him. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I start, first started racing, especially when I was, you know, doing Trans Am and stuff like that, um, you know. If if you got mentioned by Bob Jenkins or Larry Newber, you know, on the Speed Channel, you know, you were somebody. That right. was at least the way I looked at it. And, you know, I got to meet both of those guys because back then Trans Am was, you know, had TV packages. I mm-hmm. mean, we were running with the IndyCar races and, and we, we had, you know, TV races and stuff like that. So I've, I've known Bob since the early 80s and got to work with him. Um, at some of the IndyCar events, uh, when when NBC was doing the IndyCar races, so you know, like I said, I've known Bob since '84 as a friend, um, as a mentor, and you know, as a guy that I that I worked with. Um, him and Benny, you know, Parsons were very close, and um, so um, 
you know, got to work with Bob, and I, I, I don't, I know what show you're talking about. I don't remember if that was Carburation Day, you know, like what was called Carburation Day at Indianapolis or or whatever it was. But um, Bob was so in love with the sport; he was just one of those guys that just, just you could not get, he could not get a, a, enough of it, and especially at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. When he was at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, he was at home. He was in heaven. And just a class act guy um, that was so knowledgeable and, you know, his ethic, um, you know, it was easy to work with Bob in the booth because it was never about Bob. You know, he would always, you know, um, throw it to the guys in the booth to, to get, you know, to get their opinions or to, to whatever. He was really, really sharp. And I know he went through a rough time with his wife. Um, you know, obviously his wife died, uh, had brain cancer, and she struggled that with that for a long time. And that was kind of going on a lot when we were working together. And it, he really had a tough, you know, he had a tough time losing his wife. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he got sick, basically, I think, with the same thing and had been fighting that. But just a class guy. Um, Bob Jenkins is, you know, I, there's a couple of guys I worked with like that. And when I did the IndyCar stuff, Robin Miller is another one. Love Robin Miller. Yes. He's one of the, he's a lot like me where it's a no, he's the no BS. Tell it like it is and don't care if you like it or not. <laughs> um, just really had fun doing some of that IndyCar stuff with those guys. Really did. And, and Bob was just, like I said, he's going to be well missed because he was well loved. I mean, you're not going to find anything bad or anybody that says a bad thing about Bob Jenkins. Which was pointed out in several of these tributes. And last week, uh, we talked a little bit about him and, and didn't have anybody on that, you know, had first class, uh, first hand knowledge like you do. But I played the, and he's got so many famous broadcasts, but I, I guess his signature one we played last week on the air. And that was uh, the last lap of the 92 500 with uh Al Unser and Scott Goodyear, you know, throwing it around to, to right. turn one, turn in the back stretch, and then um, they hand it off to Bob for the finish. And I mean, I got cold chill bumps listening to it, but I'm getting them right now telling yeah. you about it. So, I mean, I just, it means so much to me and so many, and I'm not alone. It means so much to so many people. And uh, I appreciate you sharing a few uh, yeah. a few memories of Bob Jenkins. Yeah. He, 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 he was great at what he did. What he did. And it was like, he made it look easy. And the, and the reason he made it look easy and it was easy for him is because he was such a fan. He, he knew the history of the sport. He knew the players. Um, so he was, you know, he was just such a natural. And when, when you go to, you know, I mean, you go to the racetrack and I, you know, then he, after he stopped doing the NBC stuff, he became the, he did a lot of the, uh, the, the track announcement. Right. And I mean, I, I, I remember even being in the booth with, with NBC and Bob was doing the track announcing. He was, God, he was just so great at it. Yeah, yeah. He was just such a, you know, good guy and a fun guy to listen to. Well, so, so are uh, you. And I, yep. I, I miss He's a good man. I, I miss, I miss you being on the air, uh, with, uh, uh, I, I gotta point this out every time we have you on. You coined the phrase lucky dog. And to me, that's what everybody still calls it. <laughs> and, uh, and just a great driver. Uh, so much more we could talk about. I want to ask you about things, but we are out of time. You know, about Willie T. Ribs and all these, uh, uh, just everything. I got so many questions and, and to hear your yeah. stories. But well, I, hey, 
I'm not doing much these days, so you can call anytime. <laughs> well, you're fishing today, and we'll let you get on with that. I will tell you that uh, I'm not sure the exact date of Pike's Peak, but we want to have your brother Paul on because he's another great interview that we have every year. And um, I think last year he lost yeah. it by just a few tenths of a second. And uh, so we'll wait till after it's over to reach out for Paul. But thank you so much well, for he, coming he re- on. Well, he did have it. He redeemed himself and won oh, uh, the over? open wheel class, I believe, this year. So, yeah. Oh, so when was yeah, it? they they just had it uh, about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. Oh so, gosh, I thought it was um, Labor Day. Yeah. What made me think it was? Uh, yeah. Oh. No, they usually it, it was it always used to be like around the Fourth of July or in there, right? Um, and then they kind of pushed it back. But uh, yeah, he's <laughs> he's uh, he's got that one behind him. So um, okay, well, well he, he did it. And I believe he I, I believe he yeah he won it. And because I know he just ran another hill climb race, I was kind of standby in case he got one of his commercial jobs. He wanted me to race. It was a, a race in Grand Junction, Colorado. Um, you know, it's a, it's all dirt and it's a much shorter race, but. He cleaned their clocks out there, from what I understand. So, well, now I'm um, embarrassed but, because but I was, yeah, he's still I, at it. I was waiting till he, the race was. Uh, well, I just didn't know it was several weeks ago, and uh, because last year after we yeah. had him on the show, he and I were talking one Sunday night, I think it was, and he sent me, he texted me the video of his of his bad crash that year when he went chopping oh, trees yeah. at about yeah. twenty feet off the ground, and he sent me another video. Of, uh, I guess he had a camera on his helmet or on his, definitely on his car of the whole trip up the mountain. I mean, it was fantastic. And, uh, yeah. Paul really, uh, I've got to reach out for him, like maybe quickly. But, um, Wally, thank yeah. you so yeah, much. Yeah, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Yeah. Thank sure, you. For sure. Thank you he, so uh, much. Yeah. That, I was there for that, for that one when he crashed. In fact, it was, we, my dad and I were at the starting line when he took off. Uh, he didn't and get And he took off. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. I don't think we made 20 steps, and I heard the limiter. I heard it going, bop, 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 and that was it. And I remember my dad turning it over to look at me. He goes, what was that? And I went, that was a stuck throttle. And, I mean, it wasn't 10 seconds later people came running and said, Paul was off. I'm telling you what, man, it looked like a plane crash when we went over there. There was absolutely nothing left of that car except for where he was sitting. Right. He was a lucky, lucky boy. Another lucky dog, and the trees were chopped off about 20, 30 feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah. Wally, yeah. Thank it was you. nuts. Where, where he went off, he went in the trees, but he went, it was the tops of the trees. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. he, was a, he was, you know, he was uh, 40 feet up. Yeah. Wally, thank you so much for coming on. It's great. We kept you over about six minutes longer than uh, I'd planned for, but that's because you're such a great guest, and I uh, appreciate it so much, and good luck with the, good luck with the fishing. Okay, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. I look forward to talking to you guys next time. Okay, thank you very much. And that was Wally Dallenbach Jr. Great interview. Yes, it was. Uh, Embarrassed myself. Well, uh, you know, know talking about he was an IMSA driver and stuff like that, you can just tell in his voice. Yeah. I I ain't going to say how sharp he is or something like that, but there's something about these IMSA drivers whenever you got you know. He drove for Roush. Yes. And that really ugly Mustang they had back about 86, 85 and 86 was a terrible looking car on the street, but the race car flew and Wally was driving. And I think he was teammate with Willie T. Ribs for a while, but uh, that was some good racing. But we ran over. Let's take a break. We'll come right back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and are proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie and his staff are committed to providing excellent customer service and making sure your experience is simple, transparent, and fair. Visit Impex Pre-Owned today. Conveniently located up I-26 on Asheville Highway. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. The Fox Sports 1400 app is the best way to keep up with Spartanburg Sports Scene. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift. Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256 0727 or visit upstatepropertysolutions.com. Consultations are free. And welcome back to Start Your Engines. We got about a half hour to go, so let's do some uh let's do some results. We'll start with Cup which we've talked about a lot, so let's just wrap it up. They ran last week at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course, the new tradition, Ronnie. And uh, you heard what uh, I, I was glad Wally Dallenbach Jr. was on the same page with me on that because I think they ought to be on the oval. And like he said, the race is boring, but you're on the track from 1909 that everybody has driven on that's anybody. Okay. Um AJ Almondinger won it. He probably wasn't going to. He had a he had a good shot at third, but I think uh, or was going to finish about third. But Alan and I were texting, and it was like, "Well, look who's sitting third, and I think we may have a winner here." So 
A.J. Allmendinger was the winner, but he can't go to the playoffs, so he just ate up one of the spots for somebody that could go because he hasn't run nearly enough cup races. In fact, I don't know how many he's run, probably two or three, but not enough. And uh, second was Ryan Blaney. Third was Kyle Larson, who was right there. Fourth was Chase Elliott. Fifth, Matt D. Benedetto, who had a good race for the Wood Brothers. Sixth, Kurt Busch. Seventh, Eric Jones, and probably one of Richard Petty's Motorsports' best finishes of the year. Justin Haley and the other colleague, no, that was Spire Motorsports, I'm sorry, was uh, eighth. Uh, Austin Sendrick driving a Penske car was ninth, and Ryan Newman was tenth. And let's look at the points that um, kind of complicated. Well, it's the, I mean, I'm just going to complicate the way I read it, but how to get in with what could happen, we not going to go over those scenarios. I think Alan did a pretty good job of summing that up when we had Deb on. But um, Kyle Larson has five wins. He's in first place. Uh, Martin Truex is second, and Alex Bowman is third, and they've got three wins. Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott are fourth, and they've got two wins each, or fourth and fifth, with two wins each. And then with one win apiece, it's in order. William Byron, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, Michael McDowell, and Eric Almarola. It looks like Denny Hamlin will make it in on points, but maybe not. But uh, uh, no, he's in for sure. Yeah, right? he's, he's in for he's sure. He's in for sure. Okay. And uh, I thought I had it sort of straightened. Deb sort of confused me, but then uh, you you straightened her out. So that was good. Kevin Harvick is also a non-winner. Is 15th and Tyler Reddick is 16th. And uh, trying to get in, you've got uh, uh, Chris Boucher, Ross Chastain, Michael McDowell, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse, and uh, I guess Austin Dillon's got the best chance. And he has won at Daytona before, so watch him next week. Going over to Xfinity, another lackluster race for Jeremy Clements, but he's got an angel on his shoulder or something. He finished 14th, and I heard him talking about it on uh, open mic, like I said. And uh, he sort of got shuffled back, and he had one time he got run off the road, I think, late in the race and lost a bunch of positions. And he was all the way back to 26th with about 15 laps to go, and he managed to get back to 14th, which was pretty good. Um, I think they also had a pit road penalty of some sort. But Austin Sendrick won the race. A.J. Allmendinger was second. Good weekend for him. Aust uh, Justin Haley was third. Chase Elliott took over for Michael Lynette, who, as I said, is still having leg problems. I think he's in the field at Michigan, though. But that was that was the benefit for uh, another benefit for uh, Jeremy Clements. Fifth was Noah Craxon. Sixth, Austin Dillon. Seventh, uh, Miat Snyder. Eighth. Riley Herbst, ninth Harrison Burton, and 10th Andy Lolly. And going to the point standings, which uh, the um, I have here. Let me pull it up for the, uh, the playoffs. <coughs> Excuse me. Austin Sendrick is in first place. Almondinger is second. Third is Justin Allgaier. Fourth, Jeb Burton. Fifth, Miat Snyder, who has a win. And those are the, all the drivers that have won. Now, Miat Snyder is further back in points, but he has that win. And that's what um, got him in there by winning early. I think that was at Atlanta. Or it might have been Miami. Uh, sixth is Daniel Hemrick. Seventh, Harrison Burton. Eighth, Justin Haley. Ninth, Noah Cragson. Tenth is Brandon Jones. Now, several of those guys there were caught up uh, in that first lap melee on the 
road course at Indianapolis for the Xfinity race. So uh, Jeremy is in uh, 11th place. He's five points behind Brandon Jones, so that's great. And he's got 40 points on Riley Herbst, which is also uh, great, who's got another. Um, and so he's he's 11th, and uh, Riley is 12th, and that's the top 12. And he's got to hang on like four more races, I think, to get in. And, I mean, that's what's confusing. The trucks are already in the playoffs. I think Xfinity's got four more races, and then uh, there's two more for Cup. So it's kind of confusing and hard to keep up with. But... They will run uh, today at 3 o'clock on NBCSN for the New Holland 250, and that will be at Michigan. And then next Friday night, they will go to Daytona for the Wawa 250, which Wawa, I think, is a is sort of like a quick trip. It's got a national uh, gasoline company. Excuse me again, uh, and that will be 7.30 on NBCS next Friday night, so that'll be something good to watch. We'll talk about it next week. Let's move to Indy, where uh, they ran at the road course last week in the Big Machine Spiked Coolers Grand Prix, and Will Power won it for Penske. Roman Groschan had a really good race and finished uh, second. Colton Herta was third, Alexander Rossi fourth, Patricio Ward fifth, Jack Harvey, who's going to lose that ride at Meyer Shank, was sixth. Graham Rahal, seventh. Joseph Newgarden, eighth. Marcus Erickson, coming off of his uh, big win at Nashville, was ninth. And Takuma Sato was tenth. They raced tonight at 8 o'clock on NBCSN, and I'll be watching that one. Love the Indy cars, and they're on a tight course there at uh, Gateway, outside of St. Louis, across the river. The points for Indy cards, Alex Pillow is first. Patricio Ward is 21 points back in second. Scott Dixon third. Joseph Newgarden fourth. Marcus Erickson fifth. Graham Rahal sixth. Colton Hare to seventh. Simon Pagano eighth. Will Power ninth. And Renus VK has passed to Kumo Sato for tenth. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me before I cough again. Let's take our next break. And we'll come back and wrap it up. You're listening to Start Your Engines. Don't be late. Back to school deals on cool Nissan wheels are waiting for you at Greer Nissan. 2021 Nissan Road, only $2.99 a month. New Nissan Versa, just $2.69 a month. Fun 2021 Nissan Kicks, $2.39 a month. Ruby Nissan Sentra, only $1.99 a month. And stylish 2021 Nissan Murano, $1.99 a month. Plus 0% financing is available. Get more for your trade. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Greer Nissan gets you back to school during the Nissan model year in sales events. Call 864-479-1197 for details. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. 
Inman.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. We are Fox Sports. The home of the Spartanburg Vikings is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. We can sum up McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich in one word. Crispy, but also juicy and tender. Okay, it's crispy, juicy, tender. All one word. But then, also pickle. Oh, and potato bun, which is two words. Okay, we can't sum up our new crispy chicken sandwich in one word, so you'll just have to try it to understand it. Order ahead on the McDonald's app at participating McDonald's. Uh, We're back. Mics are hot, by the way. Uh, (laughs) I'm uh, going to see what Ronnie has to say. Pikes Peak was June 28th. Good Lord, I missed it by a mile. A country mile. <laughs> That's a long mile. Um, okay. You know, my uh, throat is sort of like those uh, curbs at Indianapolis. I think they're, I think they're going to give out with a few laps and go, oh, he brought me a water. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Excuse me. And oh, man. Thank Robin you so Robin Shute was the overall winner. Well, what do you see about Dallenbach? Was he like a class winner or something? Okay, I'm pulling up the winners now. Let's see. Well, when you get it, let me know. Uh, okay. That's uh, great radio. Formula One, they uh, did not run last week, but will run next week at Spa Frocker Shops for the uh, Rolex Belgian Grand Prix. The point standings there didn't change. It's uh, Lewis Hamilton is first. Max Verstappen is eight points back in second. And that's about it. Lando Norris is 82 points back in third. Valtteri Bottas is 87 points back in fourth. <coughs> Excuse me. I couldn't get to the button in time. And Sergio Perez is fifth, and he's 91 points back. So you're talking about a two-horse race there. No, that was Formula One. And uh, that was Formula One. And the uh, uh, I, I, they did not uphold the protest. I mean, you got to have a gallon, a liter, a liter of fuel. Well, I know over here at Cherokee Speedway, they can, somebody can protest your fuel over there. And you have to break the line at the carburetor and turn the motor over and pump the fuel out of the fuel pump. Then you go back and take a sample out of your tank, too. 
Well, that so, might be a I more mean, a, better way to do it. Well, uh, but but it's got to be rain at the end, too. Well, um, let's go to uh, the WeatherTech Sports Car Series, which does not did not run last week and will not run again till uh, September 12th. I'd like to maybe have Mike on again to talk about that. But I did print points out this week so that uh, I can see how many how many points they are behind the leaders. Of course, these are in pairs because there's two drivers to a car most weeks. But Ricky Taylor and Felipe Albuquerque are out front. And second is... Uh, the Wheeling Engineering Cadillac with uh, Felipe Nasser and Pipo Durrani, and they are 41 points back, so that's close. That's close enough that we can uh, start reeling them in. Well, they got a couple of races to go, uh, I think about three, and another two points back is uh, Olivia, Olivier Jarvis and Harry Tinknell. They're 43 points back, and then you go all the way back to Kevin Magnuson and Ringer Van Der Zandy. They're 175 points back, and I think they're out of it. Um, find anything over there, Ronnie? No? Yeah, Paul Wallenbach overall was third, and which is also third in his division, Division One. And let me get back over to his time. His time was 635 and change, 555-1. So he was 40 seconds behind the winner. He was closer than that last year. Yeah. I, I thought, I, I don't know what... Than Wally was talking about. He, he said he redeemed himself, and last year he only lost it by like tenths of a second. I mean, it was a bat of an eyelash. So we'll get him on. We'll find out what happened, oh, and because yeah. uh, uh, should have had him on by now. Let's let that one slip through the cracks. The TV schedule today. Uh, oh, gotta mention this. Uh, look this up real quick, Ronnie. I know Le Mans is today, and I've got the TV times, but I think this is like the seventieth. 24 Hours of the Mines. Once again, you can get it on Motor Trend TV. I don't know how you're going to get that if you want to see it that bad because it's on continuous coverage. From, uh, In fact, it's uh, I'm not sure what time they got the green flag, but it's been on since 9.15 a.m. this morning. And they're, uh, of course, several hours ahead of us, so uh, they probably already started. But it is on uh, Motor Trend TV all 24 hours. Oh boy! We got thirteen minutes to go. Y'all gonna have to think of something to talk about here. My throat is quitting on me. Uh, Three o'clock. Uh, the uh, Xfinity r- uh, race is today. Pre-race at three o'clock. The race is at three thirty, and that's on NBCSN, and that's at Michigan. And um, I think I've got something here. I got a couple of things here I need to go back and touch on. Um, sorry about that. The Xfinity starting lineup I have, and Jeremy is starting very well. He's starting in uh, 11th position. So he will, uh, he's in the Booze Pop Chevrolet, and as he said on uh, Open Mic this week, they must be good because everybody wants samples. And uh, The first Le Mans race, 24 hours of Le Mans, mm-hmm. was in 1923. So it's 98 years old. Well, I think you're probably going to find several years they had German right. tanks and things running around. Yeah, they around didn't run. Probably uh, didn't have it since like sort of like Indianapolis. And on the cup race, I didn't mention this, the starting lineup there 
uh, well, good for me. Chase Elliott starting second, but uh, Kyle Larson's on the pole, and they didn't qualify. They used that wacky formula. Ryan Blaney is second. Matt D. Bittendent, uh I mean, Ryan Blaney is third. <coughs> Not Matt D. Benedetto is fourth. Martin Truex Allen is fifth. He doesn't have far to go. Kurt Busch is sixth. Kyle Busch seventh. Kevin Harvick eighth. Denny Hamlin ninth. And Alex Bowman is tenth. Well, you can hear my voice just, just wavering. Well, I hate to tell you, that it don't pay much for the first lap. It just pays for the last lap. And if you don't believe me that, just go ask uh, Chase Briscoe and Denny Hamlin. <laughs> yeah. You're right You're right about that. Let me see if I can get back to my, my TV here. I had it. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I, know, I mentioned that the, uh, the IndyCar race is tonight at 8 o'clock, and that's on NBCSN. Uh the uh, 24 Hour of Le Mans is on, here it is, is on Motor Trend TV. And I guess you could just figure out how to get that if you want to see it bad enough. Um, IndyCar qualifying will be on Peacock at 5 o'clock. And that's from uh, Madison, Illinois, which is actually Gateway across the river in St. Louis. And then the race itself. The pre-race is at 8 o'clock. The race itself on NBCSN is at 8.30. Then tomorrow, the 24-hour Le Mans will wrap up at uh, 10.30 in the morning. So I guess the green, the checkered flag will fall sometime in the wee, well, you know, probably like 9 o'clock in the morning or something. And then the cup race on NBCSN is pre-race at 2.30 and the race at 3. And Le Mans was originally planned as a three-year event. Like I said, started in 23, went to 39, where they then had a 10-year hiatus. Okay. Due to World War II. And been run ever since. Well, you can figure. I mean, they probably chewed that track up pretty bad. Uh, And the configuration of it's changed quite a bit. They've got the Molson straightaway, which is very famous. (coughs) Excuse me. I think it's about... 10 miles long. Man, this is awful. Uh, I still got nine minutes to go. Um, but the Mulzahn straightaway, I, they put a chicane in it. And uh, and they've done a lot of changes of that track to slow them down a little bit. There's been a lot of people killed there. In fact, somebody was killed not that long ago. So uh, it was, uh, it's been a very, very famous race. I'm probably, I like to watch something, uh, a movie. I watch a lot of movies especially on Friday and Saturday night. And tonight, uh, seems like it might be a good night to watch Ford versus Ferrari again because that's what it's about. It's about Le Mans. Of course, uh, Paul Newman, uh, no, Steve McQueen made a great movie called Le Mans. Uh, practically went bankrupt. He'd wanted to make it for so long and he couldn't find backers, so he sort of spent most of his own money. And uh, it's a good movie. It's a real good movie. It's not, if you want some deep, complicated plot you won't get one because uh it's just him running the race and leading up to it and there's just not a whole lot else there uh involved so uh alan say something well i was just wondering <laughs> you know we we're sitting here talking about changes and stuff like that we know that the two brad keselowski is going over to jack roush next year 
I was just wondering if they've, they've already started cutting Brad Keselowski out of the, you know, the, the meetings they have on Monday and Tuesday and stuff like that. When, uh, and plus getting into the shops and stuff that I ain't going to say that he might take some of his Penske stuff over to the Roush, but we are having our next car, next gen car next year. So I don't think it would matter too much if. He was actually sitting in all of the meetings that they're having because this next-gen car coming out next year is going to change everything totally. Well, you know, they said, and I guess this is just the, the politically correct thing to say, but they said that they weren't going to uh, exclude him from anything, that he'd be right there giving his feedback, helping the team, you know, up, uh, up right through the end of the season. So, I mean, I... I agree with you that that might be kind of hard to do, especially with uh, him going to a competitor. I mean, another Ford team. And, uh, you know, so I don't know what the, the truth is behind the curtain. And, you know, Brad used to have a truck team. And did you see what he's done over there to his truck shop now? No. Aut- automation equipment in there. Okay. Making all kind of stuff for trucks. And I ain't going to say for trucks, but for racing as far as different series and stuff that he uses all his automation equipment for. So uh, he's planning on being in racing for quite a long time now. Well, he's a pretty young man, so I'm sure he will be. I'm going to rest my throat here for a second and play one of these old Speedway things. uh, And a question you asked just a little while ago, the Le Mans circuit is just a little over eight and a half miles long. So, I mean, that used to be about the length of the Mulzahn straightaway. So, uh, right. How long does it say how long that is? I mean, I, they probably. Well, their longest down. straightaway now is 1.2 miles. Oh, see, that's, that's a fraction of what it used to be. Yeah. So, anyway, but it's still the mines and they're still going to do it for 24 hours. But uh, let's hear about an old speedway, and this one's right up the road here in Salisbury, North Carolina. For years, just about every Friday and Saturday night, folks gathered to watch them run the tracks and ovals throughout the South in towns both large and small. Some of those tracks have faded into memory. Here's Perry Allen Wood with another Silent Speedways of the South Minute. This is Perry Allen Wood with another Silent Speedway of America. At the corner of US-29 and Airport Road just west of town sat the Salisbury Super Speedway. The dirt track's extra eighth of a mile is what made it super, along with its promoter, the one and only Bruton Smith. It held only one Grand National race, a 100-miler, 160 laps, on October 5, 1958. The pole position went to one of the true originals of the sport, Georgia's Gober Sosby, the wild engine, in his black Cherokee Garages 1957 Chevrolet No. 50. He won four poles in his career, the first at the original Strictly Stock Car Race on Daytona Beach, race number two in 1949. A solid field of 29 lined up behind Gober on that colorful fall Sunday afternoon. When the caution-free race was over, an hour and 43 minutes later, Lee Petty put his 1957 Oldsmobile in victory lane by a few car lengths over Spartanburg's Bug Baker Chevy, with his neighbor Cotton Owens three laps back in third. Fourth was George Dunn's Mercury, Roy Tyner was fifth in a Chevy, Doug Cox sixth in a Ford, Paul Sitter Sosby was seventh, 
Fresh off of his only Grand National win, Joe Eubanks was eighth in Cotton Owens Pontiac. Ninth came Ken Rush's Chevy, and tenth was Tiny London Ford. Back in 22nd, only 23 laps behind in his fifth career start, was the man who would be king, Richard Petty. And that's another Silent Speedway of America. Terry's book is available online. Visit McFarlandPub.com and type in Silent Speedways to place your order today. Okay, well, that took up... Uh, now we only got three minutes and 45 seconds, and my throat feels pretty good. So, But anyway... Well, we did have something else start last night. It did, and I uh, see it all over the wall here. So, uh, But you were in on some of that. How how was it being back behind the mic at the football field? Well, actually, I wasn't behind oh, the mic. that's right. It was a road game. It was a road game last night. Burns traveled to Greer, and we have played since the our first season for Burns was 1955. And there's been several years in the 2000s that we haven't played Greer, but we... A couple of years ago, started back. And last night, we started kind of slow at the end of the first quarter. It's still 0 0. But then in the next three quarters, Burns scored 55 points mm. and uh, ended up beating Greer 55 to 14. Our senior quarterback, Gabe Rogers, threw for five touchdowns. Nice start. And our defense is very young. We only had two returning players from last year on defense. Well, that was a, a good start for them. A couple of rough starts for the other Spartanburg County uh, yeah, 5A schools. Yeah, uh, Spartan High took it on the chin from Gaffney, 31-12. to 12, But from what I understand, it was really much closer than the final score. Well, they, uh, you, you mentioned something out in the lobby this morning about, I wonder, or maybe it was you, Alan, wonder when the last time Dorman and Spartan High lost the same day. Yeah. Same that, night. And then... Clover came to, to Roebuck last night and beat Dorman twenty to seven. Yeah, and that was a, a shocker for a lot of people. Well, Dorman's got about three quarterbacks they're trying to choose between, right? Yes. Oh, and something else worth mentioning: Union County has had to cancel their first two games right. due to COVID protocol. And one of those is against Gaffney, who I think they scheduled Dutch Fork. Right. So they, they didn't go get a pushover. Alan, what you got there for about uh, well, 30 seconds or so? Got a lot of our local racing going on around here. Like I said, get out here and support our local racetrack, which is Harris, Cherokee Speedway. If you want to watch Super Late Models run, I'd head on up towards North Carolina to Harris before uh, we was talking about this protocol. Don't get me wrong, that North Carolina governor, he is pretty strict on calling these things off, so... Uh, you need to get out here and support Harris Motor Speedway. Like I said, them boys is doing a whole lot of work to that racetrack up there. Like ever, all the improvements that they've been doing up there at Harris Speedway, they got now where they're bringing the cars in off the fourth turn over there. So uh, a lot of, you know, I ain't going to say safety issues that were up there at Harris mm. Speedway, but, uh, and they call it Rullifton. Is that Rullifton up there? Yeah, Rullifton County. Rullifton County. Yeah. The, the, Popo up there is pretty pretty strict. They don't let nothing get out of hand up there. <laughs> Did they have any kind of flood problem? I wonder. Uh, they're they, right there, cross close to the river. They, they, they uh, Broad River's right up from it, but they do have a little creek. It's kind of behind them right there. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, there for a couple of times, I always said that they need to divert that creek in there and make out a pretty carp pond. But guess what? <laughs> uh, uh, it's making a pretty racetrack again. So, uh, 
Well, we want to see the twenty five T pull get, yeah. get unloaded up somewhere yeah. soon. We uh we uh still studying on things. I've got a couple of things working, but uh we're gonna see Mr. Wilson come by this morning, headed to Cherokee Speedway. Mr. Wilson, if you're listening, get him get him on the stick here. We need him back on the speedway. Uh and uh that's gonna do it for this weekend. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Your home for Presbyterian College Blue Host football is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3.